I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. And we're back, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome back to Resource. I am your host, Jay Pitts, broker owner of Remax Premier Properties, leader of JT Pitts and Associates. Let's get some uh, let's get some kind of tactical things out of the way up front for one of our listeners. They said you could make a drinking game out of how many times Jay Pitts says the word tactical on resource. So you there's two for you, and I encourage you to count along with me today. Anyway, um, As always, you can find us anywhere you podcast. As a reminder, please give us a subscribe on iTunes, the Apple Podcasts app, wherever you podcast, Google Podcasts for those uh, unfortunate Android users out there. I will... um I will be honest, I am slightly discriminatory against Android users. Apologies in advance. But no, we still appreciate you listening um, and giving us five-star reviews. Nobody's going to read it on Google Podcast Reviews, but um, we appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes. Find us wherever you podcast. If you can't find resource because of the interesting spelling with the you know, brackets around the RE, just search my name, Jay Pitts. Once again, our private Facebook group is open to you. If you are a local real estate agent here in the Louisville area, find me, send me a message, text me, request access. However you would like to request to be added, feel free to do so, and we will get you in there and in on the conversation. Uh, Once again, on facebook.com, the page not the group, the page, facebook.com slash the resource podcast for clips and links to full episodes of the show. You can check us out there, youtube.com slash Realtor for full length episodes of the podcast as well. And as always, if you'd like to know what I had for breakfast or see pictures of my cute kids, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Realtor. As a reminder, I think a lot of you are getting the hang of it and the numbers show in downloads. We have introduced a new piece of content on a weekly basis. We're going live with a four to five minute tactical... I need a ding, Seth, on the uh, a tactical episode, topic-specific, five-minute video, uh, piece of advice tackling you know, everyday issues for real estate agents. We're calling it JTP University or JTPU in your podcast app. So I think that kind of pays the bills for today. Oh, one more thing. We decided to add something new as well. A text line. If you'd like to communicate with the show, feel free to text us. That will go to Seth. Your questions can be answered in real time or, you know, suggest topics, give us feedback. As always, we appreciate your feedback with respect to the show. Uh, The text line is 502-705-5667, 502-705-5667. Feel free to hit us up on the text line. Now, today's topic Four simple truths. It was three. 
Uh, got a phone call just before as we were having technical difficulties. I'm sure you can um, appreciate we're a bit late, as always. I, I, I'm late, literally, on the regular at one thing in my life, and that's going live for this podcast. But we were having a bit of technical difficulty with Facebook and our our uh, production kind of streaming app, uh, not wanting to talk, as has been the case a little bit lately. And I got a phone call from a brand new agent on my team and he gave me the fourth of four simple truths I'm going to share with you about the real estate industry today. Four simple truths. It was three. I might even let you guess as to which one got added, but uh, we're going to go into four simple truths about the real estate business today. Now, why is it important that you understand these four simple truths? It is important because real estate is not, at least residential, and at least mostly residential real estate is not a complicated industry. You have often heard me say it's not easy, but it's not complex, or that it is hard, but simple. And I think that these four simple truths are a way for you to get your head where it needs to be mentally in order to have success in this industry. You must be in the right headspace. You must be in the right headspace to have success. And if you don't accept these four simple truths, you can find yourself kind of tumbling down the rabbit hole, uh, chasing after something that you're going to have a hard time you know, grasping at any point in your career. So without further ado, let's get started. Number one, you'll never, you can put that in bold, all caps, italicized, bright red lettering. Never, you'll never have all the answers. Never. I was reminded uh, by one of my team members who had a great amount of success. I sincerely hope he's watching right now, and I guess I'm giving it away. He's the one that called me right before the call went live. And so this first truth, this first truth is the one that I added right before the show. You'll never have all the answers. He reminded me that success in another sales industry looked something like rather than, rather than, giving an answer that you don't know to be absolutely correct, telling a consumer that you don't know is the more noble answer. It's the more noble response. And then working tirelessly to find out the answer, to obtain the information that you don't have, and then sharing that back is the more noble pursuit. And I would tend to agree. The trouble is, is that a lot of real estate professionals, instead of providing that answer of I don't know, will feign an attempt that comes off as insincere, right? They don't necessarily know that they're not telling the truth, but they don't know that they are either, so they're going against uh, my new salesperson's recommendation. But then they don't even follow through if they do say, I don't know. They don't even follow through from there. They don't return the favor to the client. They don't follow through. 
or better yet, they don't place themselves in that situation where they have to say, I don't know. Because they're afraid of not knowing. They're afraid of not looking polished, professional, accomplished in front of a prospective consumer. The truth is, if you wait for all lights to be green before you ever push the gas pedal, you will stay where you sit and never progress. Never. We believe in experiential training, we collaborative learning, conversation-based you know, mentorship here at Remax Premier Properties. It's what we teach. It's what we, it's what we espouse on this podcast. And we do that because we understand that there is no possible way to isolate every variable for discussion. There is no way, if I did a bulleted list of every single scenario that could happen within a real estate transaction and how someone goes about building a business, I would have an endless list of bullet points. Every scenario Every property, every client, every loan, every appraisal, every market analysis, every single variable in a transaction has infinitely many permutations, infinitely many potential outcomes. You will never, ever, ever have all the answers. And by the way, the client doesn't hire you to have all the answers. They hire you because they have the confidence that when you don't have the answer, you're still going to help them win. That you're going to find an answer, a path of least resistance. You're going to find a way to solve a problem that you didn't even know at the outset that you would need to navigate. One of, my, one of my good friends, agents here within the company, says the agent you choose matters, and it really does. That's his mantra. Who you work with matters, as a mentor of mine would say. It matters. But it doesn't matter in that this person knows inherently the perfect path from start to finish, from problem to solution. No, it doesn't. It's mostly in that they have the confidence, the wherewithal, the ability to adapt and ensure that their client is protected, cared for, and arrives at the outcome that is the best possible scenario for them. You'll never have all the answers. Number two, changing gears slightly and a little head nod to another one of my agents here who will know if he, in fact, listens. I'm not sure he will, but the best CRM that you could ever have in this business is the one you actually use. Period. And I could stop there. I think you know I'll rant for a little bit before I move on to number three. But I could just just drop the mic right there. The best CRM 
is simply the one you use. And I could say it like that because I would say if you take the top 20% of real estate agents in the country, top 20%, one in five, right? I guess that's the 80-20 rule. What is that, the Pareto principle, Seth? You might want to Google that for me. Pareto principle. I think it's the Pareto principle is the 80-20. I, might, I could be wrong. Um, the top 20%, I bet if you polled them, or if you really had access to the data, I bet 99% of them pay for a CRM. But 99% of them do. Out of that 99% that pay for a CRM, about about half of those, or the top 10% of all agents, actually use them. So think about that for a moment. You have to be in the top... 20% of your profession to have a formal system at your, at your disposal to manage your, your relationships with the clients you do business with, you basically have to be in the top 20% to even have a tool. And that doesn't even guarantee that you use it, much less effective. I didn't even say effective use. I just said use it at all. So you have to be in the top 10% of your profession to have and use a CRM, and that's not even counting effectively used. I bet it's like the top 1% of 1% that effectively use a CRM in their business. And again, it's just the one that you will actually use. When I started, when I started in real estate, my CRM was a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Microsoft Excel, and I don't even mean like I don't even mean like Windows. It was probably Windows XP. I don't know if anybody even remembers Windows XP circa 2008. Actually, it was probably like circa 2004 because I couldn't afford a new, a new laptop when I got into the real estate business. So it was like probably the, it was probably the laptop I had from college. That's the, to be 100% honest. And it probably like if... If you tried to surf the web on that thing now, which I don't even—I don't even know where it is. I probably smashed the hard drive and then like donated it to Goodwill. But like the truth is, it probably took 15 minutes to boot, right? Just the the machine itself and the Excel spreadsheet was just literally where I would have one column for first name, one column for last name, one column for phone number, one column for email address. And uh, the last column was like well, the last time I talked to the person and what we talked about. And it worked. It worked. It worked better than the CRM of du jour, the CRM of choice, the most complex piece of technology that exists for probably 50% of these companies' subscribers because 50% just don't touch them. I hope that makes sense. So there will come a day where a piece of technology comes along in the real estate industry that simplifies CRM use, that makes CRM use native to the, the typing with your thumbs approach to residential real estate. The on-the-fly, on-the-go 
nature of residential real estate practitioners. And it'll take, it'll take a bit to get adopted, but people will finally see that this is not just the another CRM. And then it'll probably work itself in because it needs to, to the transaction management space. And it will affect the way the consumer and the agent communicate with one another and how the consumer appreciates a transaction. That will come a day. Today is not that day. I have a feeling it might be soon. And maybe that'll be something we talk about on another episode. But until then, the best CRM is the one you actually use. Number three. I say it a lot. And I say it a lot because it needs to be understood. This is really, really important for practitioners to accept. And that is, there is no bad way to generate a lead or find a new client, generate an opportunity find a prospect, whatever terminology you want to use. I don't care. We talked about KPIs. I like appointments held. Uh, you know, you can track dials, you can track, you know, conversations, you can track referrals, you can track Mets, you can track, you know, website visitors, you can track anything you want. But the overarching generic general concept is that there is no bad way to generate a lead. And anyone who tells you otherwise is prescribing to a dogma that this industry should not adopt. And if it has adopted in years past, it should abolish. You'll hear things like real estate is a contact sport. That's absolutely true. But However you make the contact, there's no bad way. There are force multipliers, you know, relationships, accounts, niche markets that help you kind of find an opportunity that blossoms into multiple opportunities, some of those may be defined for you before the endeavor. Some of those may be realized after the endeavor. I use the example from early in my career of bank foreclosure listing business. I went at it with a very like tactical, <laughs> narrow approach. I got to need that bell, Seth. Uh, I think that's six. Is that six? That's six tactical, seven. Anyway. I went with a very narrow strategic approach to getting bank foreclosure business. I had a way to philosophically or, or figuratively, I should say, get my foot in the door by doing bank, bank um, you know, orders for broker price opinions. Little pay, lots of work, sacrifice, effort. I made a system. I do what I do, which is scale processes. And I got my foot in the door and started getting opportunities to interact with the people that were the decision makers, right? That was a lot of work. But then I didn't have to work once I got my foot in the door and started getting the listing started flowing. I didn't have to work for each and, each and every individual listing. 
that's a very different process, right? Front loaded. It's kind of the same when you work with a builder. It's kind of the same, you know, if you're going to work for or on like a Zillow Flex account, that kind of situation, right? Like a, a large scale kind of high level relationship relocation business is similar. When you're the relocation agent for a large employer in your area or a company that outsources relocation services to large companies in your area and you are the agent of choice for those companies, you put forth a lot of effort interviewing. You know, you adapt processes that would be idyllic for that prospective client. That's a different process than making phone calls to your database, trying to win referrals from individual clients. So what you have to understand is at the end of the day, you're trading money or effort for opportunity. And there is no other way. There is no other capital in this business. It's either money or effort. That's it. And if you have money, you can speed up the process. If you want to use effort, that tends to take a little longer. But neither should be ignored. Because a mature, effective business employs the use of both. If you've just started out and you don't have capital, well, then absolutely trade, trade effort, trade time. And as you have success, trade some of your money and speed up the process a little and continue with the effort and time. And then as you have more success, you reinvest the capital that you made ever speeding the process to the point where your business is big enough that you don't know where it's coming from. And I'm going to come back to that here in a moment for number three. But to put a bow on it, essentially, there's no bad way to generate an opportunity. There is none. It does not matter. Internet lead, referral, cold calling, door knocking, handing out cards in the Kroger parking lot, buying billboards, running radio ads. No bad way to generate an opportunity. You're either trading time and effort or money. Money is faster than time and effort. And before we link that in with number four, I've got a bonus for you. I'm not calling it number five, but this almost made the list. Almost made the list. The only reason it didn't, I still think it's incredibly important. It was there before a couple of the name, the, the, the lessons, a couple of the truths. It was there early in my notes, in my prep. The reason it didn't is... It's a bit counterintuitive right now in this narrow moment of where our market is. And I considered leaving it off and not confusing the issue, but it's important that you understand this simple truth as well. And I'm going to get through it pretty quick, but I need to explain why it's counterintuitive now. And some of you might shake your head when you hear this, but 
the fact is buyer's agents aren't typically held accountable for performance. But listing agents are typically. I'll say that again. Buyer's agents aren't typically held accountable by the client for performance, while listing agents typically, typically are. What do I mean by that? It's not the buyer's agent's fault that there is no home that matches on the market that matches the buyer's criteria. The buyer's agent is not expected to manifest a home within a price point and a location and with all the features that a buyer desires. But listing agents are very much expected to manifest a buyer at the seller's terms. You know, I often hear the saying that it's best to be the first love. I'm going to butcher it now, aren't I? First love, second spouse, third realtor. That's the saying. It's always good to be the first love, second spouse, and third realtor. Now, being a man of only one marriage, it's pretty good to be me. I'll be honest. And as I've told you in prior episodes, I'm not fishing for uh, for like any sort of uh, appreciation because my wife doesn't listen to this show. She can't. She can't bear to hear my voice any more than she has to already. But um, <laughs> a lot of times, first listing agents get a bad rap. The seller has emotional unrealistic expectations, and the seller, the seller's agent, the listing agent, is forced to either alienate themselves, break rapport with the seller by telling them their expectations are unrealistic or take the listing overpriced within unfavorable terms, honestly setting themselves up for failure in hopes of helping the seller understand with market traffic that their expectations were unrealistic to begin with. It's an unenviable task, which is why, consequently, you see experienced agents trend towards listings versus new agents trend toward buyers' representation. It's about accountability and delivering results. It's about Conflict communication, as we talk about so much on this podcast. But here's the thing right now. That's turned on its head. Because right now, a listing agent is not going to be held accountable because the market conditions blow the seller's mind to begin with. The homes are selling faster and for more money than the seller's even most unrealistic expectations. And every listing is virtually a sale. So the seller doesn't have the opportunity. you got to really screw it up as a listing agent to be held accountable for non-performance right now. But at the same time, the buyer's agents are running around town writing offers for multiple properties for the same client, missing out time and time and time again. And what it ultimately comes down to, probably the most reliable and you know most impactful indicator of success is the buyer's agent's ability to communicate with the listing agent and set forth how favorable the conditions are. And I'm seeing right now, more than at any time in my career, buyer's agents getting fired 
because of lack of performance. Still not happening a lot, but it is significant. More so than that, I'm seeing buyers put their search on a shelf and make no promises to return because the agent can't deliver an accepted contract when they have a ready, willing, and able buyer. And it's very different. All of you should know that. There's your bonus for the day. Number four, and we'll wrap it with this. Real estate, the key, the simple truth that you must know, the key to success in real estate is achieving something called passive awareness. Passive awareness. This is not something you hear from me a lot. But it's also not a complex idea. It's a simple idea. People don't wake up. If you just got into real estate, people don't wake up every day associating you with real estate. When real estate is brought to their attention, if you're new to this, regardless of how close you are probably, it takes a really special personal relationship to have someone associate you with real estate the instant you join the industry. It's like like your mother. And the list is very short. Like I don't think there's anybody else on the list. And if you're like me, wasn't even my mother because my father is a prolific real estate agent. So she naturally identifies him as real estate, not as me. Regardless of how much she wanted to support me, she expected me to be successful. And I had to ask point blank for her support early in my career because it just did not occur to her that she needed to go out of her way to support me. A part of that's because she has a lot of confidence in me. She's very proud. And she thought to herself, you know what, Jay's going to be great. And that gave her permission to not have passive awareness of me in real estate. But let's talk about relationships that know, like, and trust you. So they're open to working with you. But don't immediately associate you with the industry. Let's talk about those people. It's going to take time and effort and money to build passive awareness. Now, I got licensed in 2004. I started selling full-time in 2008. Here we are 13 years later. Um, with a lot of homes sold, I produce a podcast, actually multiple of them, lead a team, own a brokerage, have an office on the busiest thoroughfare in the city, run Facebook ads out the wazoo. I have the most five-star reviews on Zillow of any real estate agent in this market. I am nearing the most five-star reviews on Google of any agent in this market. I have passive awareness. But do you know how many hours, how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars I have had to spend over 13 years, probably more hours than thousands, but the capital, I talked to you about what capital you have earlier in this episode when I said there's no bad way to generate a lead and you're either trading time or money, effort or money, 
the effort, the time, and the money it took me to get to the level of passive awareness that I have now is incredible. And you can't expect to achieve that in six months. If you give the effort that I have given, if you pace me, I know you have no way of knowing, but take my word for it. Starting in 2008, I was like shot out of a cannon on a treadmill going 15 miles an hour. You know those like videos you see that go viral where the people are like, they're like holding on to the to the edge of the treadmill and they get like one foot. I know you can't see this right now, but the one foot thing trying to test how fast and then they jump onto the treadmill going sprinting 15 miles an hour. That's what I felt. They hang on as long as they can and then they jump off before they fall, right? That was me in 2008. I, I, I had a chip on my shoulder. I'm a stubborn firstborn with a father who has achieved almost everything he could possibly achieve in real estate, and there is no possible way that I ever could exceed, in my mind, what he had achieved at that moment. Now, it's beside the point that I have in 13 years, but I didn't have any sort of confidence in that being the case then. And I was driven by a fear of failure and a stubbornness that I was blessed with and a fire to not fail. That's really what it boils down to. But if you match that, then you'll get where I am. And if you're smart, you'll start reinvesting your capital, your money. You won't alienate personal relationships to do it like I have and had to win those personal relationships back. You won't make the mistakes that I've made. But between the two types of capital that you have to invest in your business, if you do that, you'll get to where I am, and then some. Because there's nothing special about me. I just found something that worked, and I kept doing it. And when it got better, I did more of it. And one day, you'll be like the 30 or 40 year veterans that you see in this business that don't do any marketing, none, zero. Goose egg. They have no reviews. They don't even know what a review is. I'll give you a tip. They're the ones that think Zillow is the devil. They think Zillow is the devil. They think Zillow is going to take over our industry because Zillow is chipping away at their network of equity, referrals earned over 30 or 40 years. But because they don't invest in them to retain them because they've Let's just, be, let's just be real. They've worked their faces off for three decades, and they don't want to do it anymore. And they're riding the wave and this good market toward retirement. And they're going to do it very profitably because they have no overhead and pretty good revenue. But Zillow's chipping away at that little by little. Agents like myself, not, not I mean, on a de facto basis, we are too. Because if you just got in this industry and you do a lot of marketing and you put forth a lot of effort, you will chip away at that. This is a zero-sum game. There are only so many transactions to go around out there, and if you grab one, that's one that someone else didn't get. Now, I'm not talking about violating code of ethics 
we absolutely respect the client realtor relationship here. But make no mistake, if someone says I need help, I'm going to help them. I'm not going to ask them if they're sure that they don't want to work with somebody else. Again, you're working for passive awareness. If you achieve it, you'll be like these 30-year veterans. But if you make the same mistake, it'll be a slow bleed. And one day, the business will no longer be there. Now, we're on the other side of that curve right now. Hopefully, we're on the bottom of the J curve. We're about to spike up like a hockey stick. Passive awareness is what you're, is what you're after. And if you stoke awareness within your small network while simultaneously growing the size of that network, I'll say it again because I butchered it. If you raise awareness within your small network while simultaneously growing the size of that network by injecting new opportunities from other sources into your database, then one day you'll wake up and you won't have to know or care where the business is coming from because it'll just be enough. I'll get off my soapbox. Thank you guys for tuning in. As a reminder, find us on any of the places, any of the places that you podcast from. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. We very much appreciate it. I won't go hard in the paint again on Google Podcast listeners. We appreciate you too. And any review is a good review. Maybe I was a little hard earlier. iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google iTunes, five-star reviews and subscriptions, please. If you like our content, don't forget about our private Facebook group. If you are a Louisville real estate agent, ask for access in any way you know how. We'll get you added, get you in on the conversation. Once again, the Facebook page for the podcast, facebook.com slash the resource podcast for clips and links. You can also find full length episodes, video and audio on youtube.com slash at or slash J Pitts Realtor at J Pitts Realtor on Twitter and Instagram. And coming soon, maybe a little tease. Seth's got a little uh, little learning curve on his hands for TikTok, J underscore Pitts on TikTok. Um, we'll see if we can't have a little fun with that. Don't forget the JTPU episodes on uh, anywhere you podcast from as well. And also don't forget about the text line 502-705-5667, 502-705-5667. As always, we appreciate the time, um, the energy you put into consuming this podcast. We also appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you so much. Give us uh, feedback however you would like, and we'll mold the show to what you like. We appreciate you again. Jay Pitts, host resource, uh, Remax Premier Properties, and JT Pitts and Associates. We'll see you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.